Good morning. I love this church. Josh, you're going to love this church. This is just such a wonderful church. No one has helped me in my ministry or Christian Relief Fund more than the people in this church. And I want to thank you. You just I, I love this place and I am so honored to be here. You have sponsored hundreds of orphan children. As uh, Farland said that today, or actually last week was the official uh, Orphan Sunday, but we're going to honor it today. Uh, it, it's not really a holiday that you celebrate, but it's one that you observe. And you think that there are millions of orphans in this world, and they need so much help. And uh, you've helped uh, victim with us in, in a partnership. You've helped victims of disaster like in Ukraine or the famine that's in the Horn of Africa right now. I've never seen a place worse in my life, any place, than what's going on in the Horn of Africa right now. It is the worst famine that we have seen in 40 years. And people are just starving to death. There's just not enough food to go around, not enough water. And it is just horrific. And I know right in that worst spot in all of the world when it comes to famine and hunger, you're helping. And I thank you for doing that. You ran an AIDS clinic with us. You've uh, done mission trips with us in Honduras and uh, Dominican Republic and Kenya. You've brought meals for 500 kids just uh, every day for a long time. And I especially want to give thanks to you this morning for what you've done in drilling water wells. In the past, to drill a water well like we drill, we drill deep wells that last decades in places that it hasn't rained in sometimes six or seven years. And it used to cost us $20,000 to uh, drill a water well in those places. And now you can drill a water well for $5,000. I mean, a long-term, deep water well that will just uh, affect the lives of thousands of people for $5,000. But we could not have done that without a member of Preston Road. I mean, that whole thing changed because of what happened here. I remember I was preaching here a few years ago. You invited me. I was standing right here in this aisle, right here in this aisle, and someone came up and wanted to talk and said, I want to help. He wanted to help. And uh, so we started uh, talking, and he called me the next day, and we started brainstorming of the things that could be done to help hurting people around the world and we came up with some ideas and I said well why don't you drill some water wells and he said why don't we start a water well drilling company and and we did and I, I got some pictures here of the rigs that that uh, that was bought by someone here to have a picture that's one but I'll show you the I got the whole fleet here yeah look at this all these rigs uh, that, are, that are there in the worst famine in the entire world, those rigs are drilling wells every day. We're drilling now three a week in the worst place in all of the world. And our drillers, they're really trained drillers, but you know what else they are? Every one of our drillers is a preacher. And so any break that they get, they go out and they tell the good news of Jesus Christ. And uh, I'm just so thankful for what is done here. And the little video that I, that I showed earlier, it's out of date. Because what you need to know is from those rigs that, you know, are rooted to, to this place 
And to a member here uh, today, over 700,000 people will drink clean water. Today and every day. I hope you invite me back in a few years and I want to tell you that there's over a million that are drinking clean water and alive because of those rigs and what's been done and the help that's come from you. And you might say, yeah, but we want to be involved in missions. Well, you're involved in missions too. I don't know how many churches, but I can guarantee you that in the last three years from where we drilled those water wells, there have been over 100 churches planted. Isn't that great? Amen. Amen. It's just great. And so sometimes I just want you to feel good about all the good things that happen here. And because you're you're doing great things. I'm thankful for each individual that's been helping us and uh, and blessing my life and the lives of people all around the world. And I was here, got to preach Easter here, and I had a sermon. And my sermon, if you remember it, you probably don't, but anyhow, it was it was on hope. And when I left, I was kind of down because I thought, you know, I preached a sermon on hope and I did not tell you my best hope story, okay? And so I thought, well, I'm coming back and I'm going to tell you my best hope story and then I'll get into my text for today that's uh, on the topic of the morning. But this one has to do with the, the rigs and drilling for water. We're going up to a place called Turkana. And Turkana is one of the places where we're having this immense uh, famine that's going on right now and just so many people are, are dying up there and so we came to drill a well in this one area of Turkana where it was one of the worst places on earth for a lack of water and so we're up there and I was pretty excited because our rigs will go deep they'll go 1200 feet and so we when we first went to that area we were told that we were just stupid because nobody's ever going to hit water there but the problem is nobody ever dug deep enough and if you dig deep enough, there's an aquifer there, and you'll hit water nearly every time. And so I remember as I'm going to this place where we're drilling for water, uh, I remember that we had hit water on 99 of our last 100 wells, and, which is just amazing. And so I'm just really confident as we're going to this place where we're going to drill water, and uh, we drill this well, and it doesn't hit water. I mean, 99 out of the last 100, we hit water, and then we come to this one place, and it was the neediest place I'd ever seen. We're drilling, and we don't hit water. And so there's this old man. I think I got a picture of him. This, this old man who was there watching. The guy on the left, okay? He's watching this whole thing, and he's watching for six days, just hoping that we're going to hit water. Because he knows if we hit water, what will happen as soon as we hit water? A community will form around the well that was not there before. And he knows that we will plant a church there in that community. And he knows that we'll start a farm there because we now have water. And he knows that we will buy animals. We buy goats like crazy there. And uh, goats just work in the desert. And so we buy a bunch of goats and bring them in there. And then we start schools there because there's no schools up there. And so we start schools and then we start sponsoring children. And, uh, and so we have these little, uh, you'll see them in the, out here in the commons. Is that right? Commons? Okay, I have a little table and I've got all these little kids that need sponsoring out there. And he knows that we'll start sponsoring these kids. And so just everything in his life will change if we hit water. 
but we didn't hit. And so he comes over to me, and I said, I'm sorry, we didn't hit water. And he said, yeah, I know. He said, I know you're about to take the rig someplace else and try someplace else, but he said, would you do one thing for me? And I said, what's that? Before you pull the rig and everything out of here, he said, would you let me go over and pray where you've been drilling for water? And I said, sure, sure. And so he goes over and he gets down on his hands and knees, puts his hands right there where we were drilling for water, and he prays for about 30 minutes. And then after he prays for 30 minutes, he comes back over to me and he said, I know you need to leave and all that. He said, but would you try one more time? And we said, well, sure, sure, we'll try one more time. And we try to get And you know what's going to happen, right? <laughs> okay, we try one more time. And man, we hit water. I mean, it was, it was great. We hit this water. And, and he comes over to me and he says, you don't know what just happened. And I said, yeah, I do. You prayed and we got water. And he said, you just don't understand. And I said, what do you mean? He says, you just don't understand because you don't know what's been happening. And I said, well, what's been happening? He says, well, you don't know really why we hit water. And he said, it's because I come to this very spot, this very spot, and I have every day of my life. And I prayed over this spot that we could have water. I said, every day of your life? And he said, yeah. I said, wow. And he said, but you don't understand. I said, what do you mean I don't understand? He says, you don't know why I came here to this spot and prayed for water every day of my life. And I said, I guess I don't. And he says, well, the reason I came here to this spot and prayed for water every day of my life is because my father came to this spot and he prayed every day of his life for water. I said, wow. And then he said, yeah, but you don't understand. And I said, what do you mean I don't understand? He says, you don't know why my father came here and prayed for water every day of his life. And he said, the reason he came to this spot and prayed for water every day of his life is because his father, my grandfather, came to this spot and prayed every day of his life for water. And I started thinking, I started looking at how old this man was, and I started thinking about how old his dad would have been, and then how old his granddad would have been, and then it hit me. They had been praying over this spot for water for over a hundred years. Is that something? And then he came up to me and he said, You are the answer to my prayers. You know what I think today? I know a lot of people all over this world in all kinds of dire circumstances that would like to come to you today and say, you are the answer to my prayers. You helped so much. And there are men like that old man that would love to tell you that you are the answer 
to my prayers. In Psalms 19, it says, But God will never forget the needy. The hope of the afflicted will never perish. There's a lot to learn from that old man, isn't there? You know, because you know, here's my life. I'll pray for something a couple of times and then just get frustrated that it didn't happen and then just kind of give up and kind of move on. But what I learned from that old man is sometimes you've got to pray about things for a long time before things are going to change. You just got to keep praying and praying and praying until something happens. Well, we're celebrating, we're not celebrating, we're uh, recognizing Orphan Sunday today because there are millions and millions of orphans. And that's basically Christian Relief Fund's bread and butter ministry is to, to help, uh, help with orphans. And I've got a really good text for us that I'm going to get to, and it's in Isaiah. And I was so excited to hear in our communion meditation, we were coming out of Isaiah today. And, and those passages that were being read, I mean, maybe that was 700 years before Christ. And Isaiah was perfectly predicting Jesus. I think Isaiah is just kind of cool. It's got 66 chapters, just like the Bible's got 66 books. I, I don't know why. I just think that's cool. And, uh, and one of the keys, I think, for understanding Isaiah is in chapter 49, verse 6, where it says, He says, It is too small a thing for you to be my servant, to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Well, see, what had happened during Isaiah's time, and Israel started thinking that God's message was mainly about them. They started just relating everything with God to them personally. And so Isaiah said, that's too small. You're just thinking about yourself here, and God has a bigger picture for your lives. He says, you're to be a light to the nations. Just Israel, that's just too small. He says, you're to be thinking the whole world. It'd be kind of like, like if we were here, here in, in Dallas today at Preston Road, and we said, our mission is to reach Dallas for Jesus Christ. Well, that'd be good, wouldn't it? And, except that's just part of it. Isaiah would come to us and says, that's too small. And we think of Dallas is big, and he says, no, that's too small. You're to be a light to the nations, to the world. You're to have an impact all over this world. How are they going to do that? We're going to find out in chapter 54. In the past, I was a preaching professor at a college in, uh, in Seattle, Washington. It was called Puget Sound Christian College. And uh, sometimes they would delegate these classes to me that I'd never really taught before and I'd never really taken before but I get delegated these classes that you're supposed to teach and I remember so well I got delegated uh, this class and it was called famous sermons and they gave me a textbook that I was supposed to teach out of and it's had famous sermons in there and I was going through there and some of them weren't too famous to me but I was going through there and there was sermons like uh, like sinners in the hands of an angry God by Jonathan Edwards. There was Dr. King's sermon, I Have a Dream. And then there was this one that was very unusual to me. I'd never heard of it before. And it was uh, a sermon that was done by William Carey. And William Carey was a missionary to India. And we call him the father of modern missions because so many things that we do in, in mission efforts today, we kind of copy what William Carey did. 
And so he had this sermon that was listed in the most famous sermons of all time in Christianity. And I thought what was unusual is we didn't have his sermon. It was in there and it was listed as the most famous sermon, but we really didn't have the sermon. But there are three things that survived about the sermon that I want to share with you. We have the title, the text, and the points of the sermon. The title of the sermon was The Deathless Sermon. Don't you like that? The Deathless Sermon. It was the sermon that wouldn't die. It's kind of like when your kids were in the back seat of the car and they, what do they sing? This is the song that never ends, and they just drive you insane with uh, the song that there is because they never, wouldn't quit singing it. Well, this was the sermon that wouldn't die. He preached it, and then somebody else heard it, and then they preached it. And then somebody else heard it, and then they preached it. And everybody else just kind of just passed this sermon on until one day I'm at Preston Road, Church of Christ in Dallas, and I'm preaching the same sermon. The deathless sermon. And then here's this text, Isaiah 54, 2. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. And then here's his two points. Number one, expect great things from God. I mean, we got a great God. Awesome. We've been praising him with this great worship today. Well, if he's so big and he's so great, we should expect great things from him, shouldn't we? We shouldn't just think he's going to do mediocre so-so things. No, he's a great God. He's going to do great things. Expect great things from him. And the second point was this, attempt great things for God. If he is so great, shouldn't we be attempting great things for him? Absolutely. And how are we going to do this? Well, he says here in Isaiah 54, you lengthen the cords of your tent. You got a tent and it's this size. Well, don't leave it the same size that it is now. Lengthen the cords and expand and make that tent bigger. And you don't make your tent bigger like some might say, well, I'm making my tent bigger so I can have a bigger tent than you've got. No, that's not the point. He says, make your tent bigger so that other people can get in your tent. That's how we'll reach the world. Lengthen the stakes of your tent so that more people can get in there. And I was preaching this sermon in Africa just a couple of months ago, and they understood this sermon so well. You know why? They live in tents. <laughs> they understood it completely. Oh, yeah, if we just lengthen the stakes on our tent, our tent would be a whole lot bigger and other people could get into our tent. Who needs to be in the tent? There's a lot of people that maybe need to be in your tent. But if there's one area, where you need to concentrate. Isaiah didn't want to leave the first chapter of Isaiah before he wanted everybody to know who really needed to be in your tent. And it's in Isaiah 117. He says, learn to do right, seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Who is it that's truly oppressed? The people in Ukraine right now I know that are very oppressed. There are people where I just left in the Horn of Africa who are starving to death, and they're very oppressed. I just left a war that was on Mount Elgon, another place in Africa. There are all these little orphans that were there because their parents had been killed cruelly. Defend the oppressed. And then he says what we're talking about today. Take up the cause of the fatherless. There are orphans all around Stand up for them. 
Help them out. And then plead the case of the widow. He says, that's who really needs to be in your tent. There's people out there that really can't help themselves. And maybe they'd be okay if you could just get them in your tent. So lengthen the stakes of your tent. Christian Relief Fund. You know how we started? We started in 1971. And there was a man named John Abraham that died in India. He left two orphans. And so we started helping his two orphans. That, that was the, the whole entire extent of Christian Relief Fund. We helped John Abraham's two orphans in India. But we realized very quickly that we needed to expand our tent. You know what I mean? And we've expanded our tent to now we're helping tens of thousands of little orphans. Not just those two in India. And I'm asking all of us, is there some way on this Orphan Sunday that we could expand our tents? Maybe you could get an orphan under your tent. It really doesn't take that much to do that. I know a Christian Relief Fund, and there's a lot of other good, good ways to help. But I know a Christian Relief Fund, we can help a child meet all their needs for 35 bucks a month. I mean, that gets a kid in school. That gets a kid clothed. That gets a kid a place to live, food to eat, good water to drink, spiritual training. For 35 bucks, that isn't very much. I bet you could spend 35 bucks around here very quickly. That's a dollar a day. You don't even know where it went last. I love this picture of this little girl here. Her name is Melveen Nanjala. Is she precious or what? This is the after picture. Just to save her dignity, I'm not going to show the before picture. I'll just give you the after picture. Where does she come from? She comes from a certain place in Uganda. And she now lives at Mama Rose's. Now, if anybody ever says Mama Rose's place to me, I know what it means. I know how little girls like Melvin get there. They get there through the corn. Because over in Uganda, where she came from, it's here. And then over Kenya, where Mama Rose lives, is over here. And in between these two areas are miles of corn. And where she lives in Uganda, in that area of Uganda, there's an army that kidnaps children. And they make killing machines, little soldiers out of the boys. And the girls, little girls, they make sex slaves out of them. I thought this place was gone, but it's still around. And so Melvine is doing everything in her life to try to escape this army that's trying to enslave her. And there's only one thing she knows to do. You go through the corn. And she goes through the corn, maybe for hours, maybe for days. But she gets in there because nobody can see her as long as she's in the corn. And then she finally makes her way through the corn. And she ends up coming over into Kenya. And she knows that if I can just get into Kenya through the corn, I know what to do. What do you do? You just ask nearly anybody. Where is Mama Rose? And you'll be taken to Mama Rose. Once you're at Mama Rose's place, There'll be something to eat. There'll be a place for you to stay. There will be water that's clean. There will be a school that Mama Rose runs so that you can go there. It's Mama Rose, she works for Christian Relief Fund. And so when I was there recently, I, I thought, I really want to go to church. 
where Melvin goes. I want to go to that place. And so I had him take me to the church where Melvin goes. It met in a tent. I should have known. I didn't really know much about that church, but it was there meeting in this tent. And I talked to the preacher there. And I said, I, I don't know anything about your church. And he said, well, you should. You planted it. I said, I didn't plant this church. He said, oh, yes, you did. I said, if I planted a church, I think I would know it. He said, you planted a church. He said, you had those big old rigs that show up in this place. And then you had those preachers that would just, during the break, they'd be sharing the good news. And all of a sudden, we have a church that came here because you drilled a well here. And I said, well, you could have told me. And he just looked at me and said, the kingdom of God spreads faster than I can talk. I thought, wow, that was something to think about. I'm still thinking about that. And yet, so much of that church and the people there like Melvin that are finding about Jesus, it relates back to you, to this church and the people of this church and good things you've done, doesn't it? He said, I didn't know that we helped plant a church there. Yeah, that's because the kingdom of God spreads faster than I can talk. It does. There's going to be a, some tables back here in the foyer. I hope you can go to them after we finish here. Farland mentioned them. I hope you'll go there because there's some kids that you could help out there. Uh, there's going to be that angel tree presentation out there that's uh, by New Friends, New Life. And they got some kids that just need a break. That's a ministry that started right here at Preston Road. And you got some kids out there that need a break. It wouldn't it be good to just buy them a Christmas present? Well, that's what we're trying to do out there at those tables. Buy them a Christmas present. Some of you say, well, I don't start shopping for Christmas presents till after Thanksgiving. Then change. Do it today. Start today. Today we're going to start buying our Christmas presents. And you can go out there. And not only that, there's another table. It's Living Hope for Honduras. And the Beecham's helped run that one. In, down in Honduras, there's some orphans down there, just some needy kids, children in poverty. And wouldn't it be great if this Christmas they had a present, a good present? Wouldn't that just really give them some hope? And you can do that. Just don't leave here to you, you know, buy a kid a present this morning. I think that'd be good because we're all about children this morning. It's Orphan Sunday. We're all about children. And so stop out there, and you can choose one of them. Nah, just go to them. Get you a gift at both places. That'd be even better. And when you finish that, i got a thing out here, Barbie, beautiful Barbie Jones right here. We're going to be out here, and you can talk to us about Christian Relief Fund. And we got all these little kids out there. You could sponsor one for about a dollar a day. Or if you want to hit it big time, we'll tell you how to bring water someplace. We'll tell you all about that. What we're asking today is, on this day, could you expand your tent? Could you spread it out a little bit? Expand your tent some way? Because there's a lot of people out there that have tremendous needs. They could be helped if you just kind of got them in your tent. Bob Goff said this, How you would treat the homeless, poor, or orphan is the best sign of how you would treat Jesus. I agree with that. Lord, thank you so much for the Preston Road Church of Christ. I'm thankful for the encouragement they are to me. I'm thankful for the way you have used this church to reach people all over this world. I know that so many people 
uh, on this Thanksgiving week are thanking you for this church because you have been the answer to so many prayers. Lord, on this day, we pray for the orphans, the millions of them around the world. And we pray that we can expand our tent in some way so that we can bring somebody in our tent and so they can have a hope that comes from you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.